want you to put that up there for me. The series we're in right now, it's called W. Uh, everyone say W. I know that's not a long series title, but, but W, what it means is, well, what it means to me is that each and every one of you are a winner. And you know why you're a winner? It's not because you got it, all your ducks in the row and you're cute and all that. You're a winner because of Jesus living inside of you. Are you, are you feeling me today? You're a winner because Christ lives inside of you. Look at your neighbor right now and go, you are a winner. I want you to say this with me behind me. This is kind of like our little cheer when it comes to this section. Last week I asked, I said, how many of you are here that's been here for two years or less? And it was the majority of people. So I believe that we're right in the middle of the series that we should, that we should be in. If you would say this with me on three, it goes like this. One, two, three. We believe in who we are, what we do, where we're going, and why we do. That's just music to my ears. Will you say that with me one more time on three? One, two, three. We believe in who we are, what we do, where we're going, and why we do. Last week, I hit on why we do. The team says, Jail, you got to go with the why first. So many people could be doing so many beautiful, wonderful things, but they don't know why they do what they do. Today, we're going to talk about what we believe in, but last week, we talked about the why. Why we do what we do. So let's do a little rehearsal. Why do we give? Why do we preach the gospel? Why do, why do we fight with the whole army? Why are we a generational church? There's like four or five people saying that with me. Everyone say love. The spinal cord of heart of the city church is love. Everything that we do should be connected to that spinal cord, a nerve ending coming out of that spinal cord. Because if it's not love, I got to ask you, why do we do what we do? Why do you work at the father's market? Why do we reach the poor? Why are we going to reach the nations? Why are we reaching our city? It's all because we, everything that we do, the, the, the ultimate motivation of why we do what we do at Heart of the City Church is because of the greatest is, if the greatest is love, then our greatest motivation must be love. So last week, if you missed that, I encourage you to go online. Why we do what we do is because we love. Today, we're going to talk about what we believe. Recognizing that over half the people that's in part of the city church has only been here for two years or less, I think it's very important that you understand why you believe what you believe, what heart of the city church believes, what our values are, why we believe. So pray with me as we dive into this this morning. Father, I just thank you for your word. I'm asking that you would speak now. Holy Spirit, that you would speak. You would straighten out every path. Those who believe amiss that you would touch their heart. Those who haven't heard the truth. Father, sometimes truth hurts, but it's so vital because truth is what sets us free. Truth comes from your word. So I'm asking you today, God, that you would speak to us in such a powerful and profound way. Holy Spirit, have your way right now as we talk about what we believe as believers, sons and daughters, and what we believe as a church in Jesus' name. And everyone said, the first thing I want to let you know is that I'm going to talk to you about the highest 
of highest of education. Where does our highest of highest education comes from? We believe in the Bible. Say that with me. We believe in the Bible. We believe in the holy scriptures of God. We believe that the Bible is alive, that God is speaking through his word today. Guess how much of the Bible do we believe? We believe every word of the Bible, every tittle of the Bible. We believe in the word of God. I got to ask you a question right now. What frames your thinking? Where do you get your worldview from? What you believe on, how you believe, how you make decisions day in and day out. What is that that's, that, that's framing your thoughts? What, what, how do you view? The reason why you view the world that you view it, what is causing you to view that? Well, I want to let you know that it should be the greatest selling book of all times, according to Guinness Book of World Records. It should be the Bible. What's framing your belief system and your worldview should not be media. It should not be Google. It shouldn't be Apple. It shouldn't even be in all cases, even our educational system, unless they're teaching the word, because our highest of highest of education is God's word. Let me ask you this. I think there's about seven, eight billion people on the face of the earth. So just for a minute, what if four billion people got together and they voted that something was right and something was good and something was lawful and something was not sin, but then those four billion people, they look at it, they compare it to God's word and God's word says, hey, but this is not right. It is not uh, godly. It is sinful. Should we listen to the four billion or should we listen to the Bible? How many of you agree we should listen to the Bible? We should always listen to the Bible because it is the highest truth in all the land. And if it's not what is forming your worldview and your belief system today, I want to encourage that I hope and pray that after today that would absolutely change. If you got your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 4.12. I want you to read, I hope you have your Bible. I want you to read this with me today. Hebrews 4.12. It's a beautiful scripture. These next few scriptures is about God's word. Who's there? Smile at me if you're there. Good, good, good. Here we go. Hebrews 4, 12, it says this. For the word of God is living. Everyone say living. living. That word that you read is alive. There is no other book, there's no other word that's alive other than the word of God. It is alive. And look what it says. It's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Look what it's doing. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. How many of you know that God wants us to be spirit-led? He doesn't want you to be led by your soul. Now, I know I'm a soul man, but I want to let you know right now, soul man is not always the good thing. Your soul has been trained up from the world since the time you were a little bitty taught. You might have been one or two years old. Here you are in the uh, uh, grocery line with your mama, and you see that candy and, and all of a sudden little toys there, and, and you just start manifesting, mama, mama, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want that, I want that. And your mama's like, no, it's going to make your teeth fall out if you have any teeth yet. And, and she's trying to explain, but you begin to manifest. What do you think that is? It's not your spirit. It's your soul. Your soul is like a country song. It's like, I, 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 me, 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 my, my, my. 
And the word of God is able to get in there and separate the very soul and the spirit of a man. It goes on to say, and the joints and marrow, and it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's what the word of God is all about the power of God's word. If it's not part of your value system, I want to I want to encourage you change that today. The next scripture I want you to stand with me. We're going to read it together. It's a powerful scripture about once again the word of God. It's from Psalms 19, 7 through 8. On 3 we'll read it. You ready? Look at your neighbor and say, "You ready?" You're good. Here we go. On three. Here we go. One, two, three. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Wait a minute. Converting the what? Soul. What was I talking about just a while ago? The soul. You think the soul is all good. I got news for you. That soul right there is all over the place. And the word of God is able to convert. What's convert mean? It's able to, 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 to return. It's able to change your soul even to the depths of your emotion, your heart. Come on. The word of God. I don't know anything else that will change your soul like the word of God. But keep reading on three. One, two, three. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Would you put your hands together for God's word? Because it's, it's worth it. You can be seated. I was on my way to study Wednesday morning, very early in the morning. Uh, I study, I'm kind of strange in my study because I don't like to study in my office because I feel like if anybody's going to interrupt me, it just, if I think anybody's going to interrupt me, it bothers me. And so I find little places to study, and, and I'm, I'm driving to, to, to go study Wednesday morning, and I'm at a stoplight, and this dude on his bicycle with, with, with earphones in, he is singing. And this is early in the morning. He's singing really loud, and he's singing only about the fifth word, just like, And it just reminded me of this. It was funny. He thought he sounded good. I got news for you. You know, just because you're in the gym with your headphones in and you're, you're singing doesn't mean you always sound good. I know you sound good in your headphones, but that's for free. <laughs> but it start, I started thinking about that is that's not how we should handle God's word. Like, oh, I got a verse for you. And you know about every fifth word of the verse, Right? God wants us to get a grip of the Word of God. He wants the Word of God to be laid in our heart. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, or seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever you do shall prosper. What if your life right now is not prospering the way it should because you're not in the Word of God, meditating on God's Word? I believe the very foundation of our Christian faith is based on two things. Number one, the Word of God, and number two, the birth, the life, 
the death, resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. I believe those are the, 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 the two major building blocks of our faith. Why, why Jesus? Look what it says in John 1.14. It says, and the word became flesh. Who do you think that was? That was Jesus. Who was always with God? Back in creation, Jesus. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So say this with me. We believe in the word of God. Every word of the word of God. If you believe that with me, just raise your right hand. Oh, come on. That's beautiful. We believe in God, the creator, the maker, the painter of the heavens, the one who hung the stars and, and, and created every planet, every galaxy, the universe. We believe in God, the creator and the maker. Genesis 1.1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Guess how he created them? All he did was speak it. He spoke it. He brought something out of nothing and created everything that's around us. Right now, we are rocketing around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. Wow. My God is an awesome God. And, and by the way, not just rocketing, or, listen, not just rocketing around the sun. At the same time we're rocketing around the sun, you are going 1,000 miles an hour uh, spinning on the earth, according to where you are. But if, you, if you're in that place on there, you're going 1,000 miles an hour. The hottest place on the face of the earth that's ever been kind of judged was in Libya, check this out, 136 degrees Fahrenheit. And the coldest, Russia, 128.5 degrees minus. <laughs> minus. Man, it's bad when it's like eight minus in Coeur d'Alene. Come on, somebody. And it's snowing. You end up, you know, you got your snowblower. I remember when I first moved here, somebody said, you got a snowblower? I'm like, yeah. I thought leaf blower was a snowblower. <laughs> I'm from South Carolina, man. And then my brother-in-law gave me a snowblower. I'm like, blowing snow. Minus 126 128.6 degrees, Russia. Genesis 1, 27, check this out. So God created man in his own image. Your, 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 your dog is not made in God's image. I know you like your dog. I like my dog, man. My dog is cool. But he's not made in God's image. Your horse or any animals or anything on the earth is not made in God's image. But you know what's made in God's image? You and I. Think about that for a minute. We're made in the very image of God. And look what it says. In the image of God, he created him. Look, male and female, he created them. Other than the brain, the most complex organ in your body is your eyeball. It has two million working parts. Two million. My God is an awesome God. I can't even create a, a grain of sand. And look what he does. In the perfect condition, you can see a candle 
burning 14 miles away with your eye. Your heart, probably in your lifetime, is going to beat 3 billion times. And you're going to pump 1 million barrels of blood. Can somebody say, my God is awesome? Look back this again. Let me, let me hit this again. Genesis 1.27. Look at this. I can't just go by this. You know, how many know that truth is truth? Sometimes it hurts a little bit, but it's good because it's what sets people free. Okay, so my heart is always to see people free. My heart is to share truth in love. Look what it says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen? In 2017. Facebook had 71 gender options. 71. The creator, the maker, the God of the universe who loves you, he has two. Male and female. We believe in this house that marriage is between a male and a female, a man and a woman. That's not to beat up on anyone. That's just the beautiful truth that is the beautiful principle of heaven the heavenly truth that guess what it does it produces family maybe today you know someone you have a family member or you are struggling in the area of gender confusion i, I got news for you jesus knows exactly how you feel and his love and his compassion he renews he heals he restores guess what jesus does Guess what Jesus does? He straightens out every crooked path. He does. He does in many, many fashions, in many, many areas. Come on. We believe. We believe in family. Everyone say family. Family, family is the foundation of our society. Family should be built on the rock. Come on. Come on. When I say rock, who am I talking about? The power when a, when a daddy builds on a rock. Do you know the impact that has on the family? It has a powerful, powerful impact. And then that daddy who builds on the rock, guess who he influences? He influences the mama who builds on the rock. And then the mama and the daddy, they influence the little children who what? Builds on the rock. Can somebody say little Rockies? We're going to raise up little Rockies in this house. And those little Rockies, they take it to the school. They impact the school. The school impacts the community. The community impacts the city. The city impacts the state. The state impacts the nation. The nation impacts the world. Your little Rockies are world changers. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. I want to let you know. Let you know the power and the possibility that sits right in your home as you build on the rock. Can anybody smell what the rock is cooking? That might be a little old for some folk. They're like, what is he, what, what, is, what does that mean? Turn with me to Psalms 128. Psalms 128, I think it's a, just a beautiful Psalms when you're talking about family. Listen to what it says. It's so hard for a preacher not to preach on every little verse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. You could preach that. Bless, oh, what a happy man. How many of you want to have a happy life? Yeah. The rest of y'all, y'all go ahead and stay depressed. I want to be happy. <laughs> oh, what a ha 
what's, what's blessed mean? Oh, what a happy man. Missing happiness in your life? The answer is the fear of the Lord. Who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. In the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall be the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and you may see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. We believe in family. Amen. Amen. Say that with me. I believe in family. I I also believe in another family, and that's the family of God. Some of you, you may be a single mom or a single dad, and you may feel a little left out of that that last family. I got news for you. Don't feel left out. You're part of the family. You're part of this family. Every single mom, every single dad. Listen, my dad and my mom got killed when I was eight and then my sister at 17. I know what it's like. uh, The whole family uh, situation raised by grandparents. I know what it's like to be an orphan. I want to let you know that God takes those who have no family and he puts them in a family. If you're here today, it's because I believe that God brought you here and he's put you in this family called the church, called his bride. It's his woman. Come on, come on. God has a woman. It's his church. It's the bride of Christ. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 16, 18. Beautiful scripture. It says this, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I like that rocky again, on this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I want want you to see a few things there. First of all, it's his church. It's not my church. It's not their church. The church is his church. Number two, he builds his church. I want you to look and think about this just for a minute. Who does he build the church on? Well, here it talks about Peter, chapter 16. Ten chapters later, chapter 26, guess what Peter's doing? He's denying, come on, rooster, there you go. (laughs) He's denying Jesus. Why do you bring that up? Because... What did Jesus just say, code red, about Peter? On this rock, I will build my church. Guess who who Jesus builds on? Guess who he builds the church on? He builds the church on flawed saints. If you came in here broken, guess what? You came to the right place. You came in here jacked up. Guess what? You came to the right place. I got to be honest with you. The church is a pretty jacked up place. You know why? Because you came. You came. And if you didn't jack it up bad enough, I walked through the door. You say, well, the church shouldn't be there. I got news for you. Let's just be real. This is, just be real. Come on. Now, I'm not as jacked up as I was 30 years ago. But I'm just keeping it real that God builds the church on flawed individuals. He did it with Peter. He does it with Seth. He does it with J.O. He does it with Jess. 
He does it with each and every one of us. Aren't you glad that he builds the church on hurting, broken, flawed individuals? Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'll take it another step. Your jacked upness is what qualifies you. It, quali- it doesn't disqualify you. It actually qualifies you. 1 Timothy 3.15, this is a beautiful scripture about the church. It says this, but if I delayed, I write so that you may know that you ought to conduct yourself in, look, the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Look, 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 look. The pillar and the ground of truth. Let me, let me say something about that. It's okay that a church has a house. It says this, the church in the house. So first of all, it's okay that a church is in the house, though it's made up of you and I. Second of all, it's for a living God. Third of all, this is what's so powerful in our society and in our world. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth in this world. Don't be trying to go some politics to get the truth or this organization or that. I got to tell you, what Jesus is building on the face of the earth right now, what he's always desired to build on the face of the earth is the church. That's what he has built. That's what he's building. And I want to be right in the middle of what Jesus is doing. How about you? Jesus is all about his church. The church has a government. The church has a leadership. The church has an eldership. The church has fivefold ministry involved in it. You shouldn't say this. I'm playing golf. I'm on hole number three. We have in church. I'm like, no, you ain't. You ain't have a church on the golf. No, you you playing golf, man. You know why? Because the church has an eldership. It has a government. It's the gathering of the saints. Now, you can go play golf. I like to play golf. But don't call it church. Fair? Good. Thank you. We ain't taking a boat. (laughs) Heart. The heart is an Acts 2 church. You just need to know the DNA and and who Heart of the City Church is. We're Acts 2 church. If you want to know about Heart of the City, just read Acts 2. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, we believe in the powering of the Holy Spirit. God poured out his spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe that we can preach and 3,000 people get saved and water baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and all of a sudden changing a city and changing a nation like Ethiopian. Come on, we believe in a, in a powerful, packed church led and filled and powered by the Holy Spirit. Listen to the last two scriptures of Acts 2. It says, so continually daily with one accord in the temple. Somebody say the temple. That's where we are right now. We're in the temple. That's one, that's one wing of the church. And breaking bread from house to house. That's the other wing. We believe in gathering in the temple over the weekend. And we believe in gathering in city groups. And that looks all kinds of ways. Like the city group that I typically gather in. Matt and Jimmy 
leads and we gather at breakfast noon, Wednesday morning at seven. That's our house to house. But it looks all different types of ways. It's the temple and it's, it's the house to house that makes, I think, the beauty of the relationships and the power, the dynamic of everyone coming together. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Look, when the church is in order, look what takes place. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. I was talking to Ron Stice this week, and he was telling me about their city group, what they're doing in Nome, Alaska. I'm like, wow. Nobody asked them to do it except the Holy Spirit. And they're doing a, a, just a, an amazing connecting with another ministry there and just pouring into this nation. I mean, into this, this area, well, this, this state. It feels like a different nation in Nome. I've, I have flown in and out of Nome before. It's very different on the Bering Sea right there. Let, let me say this before I go on uh, out of the church. Uh, who's ever heard of, of ceasing or sensation or sensationalists before? You heard this, that word, just raise your hand. Let me just say something. We're absolute opposite of that. Absolute opposite. What do you mean by that? We believe that every word of God is true. We believe in the power of God today. We believe God heals today. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. We believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. We believe that people get saved today. We believe that salvation is today. We believe in water baptism. We believe in every aspect of the word. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, yesterday, and forever. So we're the opposite of that. We believe in every word of the Bible. You with me? We believe in the fulfilling of the Great Commission. We believe in the fulfilling of the Great Commission. I want to read the scripture to you. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at one word there. Everyone say nations. nations. That word nations in the Greek is ethnos. What does ethnos means? First of all, you don't have to go to Honduras to touch ethnos. You don't have to go to China to touch it. You don't got to go to South America to touch You All you got to do is just see somebody of a different race than you are, and you're going to touch the ethnos. Ethnos means a tribe, foreign. It means different, different things, but it's, it's different races, different tribes. Now, I got to say something right here. This may make you a little uncomfortable, but Heart of the City Church believes in all reaching all nations. Listen to me real good. We ain't, we're not all about just a bunch of white folk. Now you need to feel me on this. We're not all about just a bunch of black folk. We're not all about just South America, or we're not just all about Russia. We're all about all nations, all ethnos, all peoples, all colors, all creeds. Let me tell you right now, on the inside, we are all red. And you need to feel that. I remember having a conversation a few years ago when we were way back in Indiana and 2nd Street with an Aryan Nation dude, okay? And he had some very unique things to say, and he didn't stay around long. I want to let you know. 
You're welcome here as long as you're willing to, not to follow me, but you're willing to follow the truth of God's word. We love all people. Ethnos. We're going to reach ethnos. We can reach it in Honduras, and we can reach it in Avondale, Arizona, but you can also reach it in the gas station and in Albertsons and in the college and everywhere you go. making me feel uncomfortable, J.O. Good. I want you to see ethnos. I want you to see this video right now. This video is about another group, another ethnos group. This ethnos group is in China. And I want you to check this out. If you'll turn that up, if you'll turn this on, check this out. Few places in the world are seeing the explosion of God's power like the underground church in China is experiencing. And in the last 60 years, China's communist government has done its best to wipe Christianity off the map. What you are about to see is some of the rarest footage on the planet. In this church, the people wake up at 4.30 to come together for two hours to pray and worship. They do this every day. This church meets in the only place they are safe, a cave. This church meets on a farm, far away from prying eyes. Here's an example of an underground church outreach. The people sitting are Christians. The people who are standing are not. This particular preacher was once crippled, but was healed when someone prayed for her. She now preaches the good news of Jesus to anyone who will listen. In this particular meeting, over 1,000 people became Christians. Here, Christians cast out demons from an 18-year-old girl. She's now a preacher. In Shanghai alone, there are over 3,000 house churches, just like this one. One thing Dennis pointed out to me was that most of the underground churches in China are actually led by young people. These kids have all come out of the communist system, and they want nothing to do with it. They only want to spread the love of Jesus to everybody they meet. This is a music school. Well, that's the cover anyway. It's really a training school for students who want to be pastors. The government thinks they're simply learning to play instruments. One thing I quickly realized about the Chinese church is that it's a lot different from the American one. For one thing, they think a four-hour sermon is short. In this church service, it's 120 degrees inside the building. The people meet for 12 hours straight. Dennis told me one story about a time he went to a very remote village in China to preach. 
he was led into a large room where the people were packed so closely together that he had his back to the wall and could reach out and touch the row in front of him. Everyone stood. There was no room to sit. He asked how long he should preach for, and they told him from 8.30 to 7 at night. Then they asked him, if it wasn't too much trouble, could you come back tomorrow and preach from 8.30 to 7 again? And then, very sheepishly, they asked again, if you'd be so kind, could you come back the day after that and preach from 8.30 to 7? He asked how often he should take breaks, and they told him not to stop. The people will wait. Then he asked them what he should preach on. Everything, they replied, from Genesis to Revelation. And then it dawned on him, these people had no Bibles. I listened to that in my truck, and I was like so crazy convicted. You know, if, if I'm like off a degree in here, I'm like, hey, can you adjust the heat or adjust? If I preach more than 40 minutes, I feel like people get on, you know, get a little squirmy. They kept using a guy's name in there named Dennis. And I think I know the guy. I think he's part of MFI. They didn't use his last name. But if it's the same Dennis that part is part of MFI, he's been in China. I think he went in in 1959. He went there, and the way that he's traveled China at times is in a casket with Bibles also traveled as a dead man they say that he's probably got about a million souls that's connected to his ministry from him preaching the gospel he's, he's probably been interrogated and in prison or jail about 20 times wow church we're called to call we're called to reach the ethnos all creeds, all people, because God so loved the world. Come on, the world, the world. Amen. And that's who we are, Heart of the City Church. I'm going to just stop right here.